Are you a church leader trying to navigate the tension of doing ministry both online and in person? Welcome to the Bricks and Clicks Church Leadership Podcast, a podcast where church leaders and ministry experts share ideas, solutions, and experiences about making church work both in person and online. Meet the hosts of Bricks and Clicks, a Brit and an Aussie who became friends in their efforts of making churches irresistible. Duncan Banks lives just outside London, England, and Jason Perkins lives in Brisbane, Australia. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Banksy and Perko. Well, g'day everyone, and welcome back to the Bricks and Clicks podcast for another part of a conversation that we started last week. In fact, if you didn't get to hear part one of this conversation, I wanna encourage you to go back and check it out because we're talking to two guys from a church in Austin, Texas, who have developed a tool that helps to create content throughout the week that's compelling and helpful for people beyond their Sunday experience that then leads into community. And that's what we're gonna be talking to them about in part two of the conversation is, how are they connecting people into community from the content that they're creating beyond Sundays? My co-host is Duncan Banks in London, England. And uh, Duncan, there are some great things that we talked about in this part two of the conversation. Why don't you lead us into that? I've, I've honestly, Perko, I've had so many offline conversations since we did this live webinar, which we're now turning into the Bricks and Clicks podcast. Yeah. So many people calling me, texting me, hitting me up on Instagram. It's been, it's been the thing, I think, that church leaders have been looking for, the missing piece in the jigsaw. And it takes a bit of effort and energy to reorient yourself and start putting it into practice. But when churches are beginning to do it, they're beginning to see results. So I want us to dive right into this, this second part of the conversation where Shane walks us through the connection part, the community part mm. of the flywheel. If you, if you produce great content that's compelling and people find helpful for their everyday lives, then they're going to want to taste a little bit more. And Shane shows, uh, shows you how to do that. And we start by a British pastor called Matt, who starts asking some questions about how they link the content to the community. So let's dive right in. Hey, we um, are going to shift to the other part of the flywheel because I'm super pumped to get Shane to share with us a little bit about community. In order to transition that, I'm actually going to bring in somebody that's watching from the UK. Um, Matt uh, is going to be joining us. Matt has a question that I think is going to really be helpful in leading us into the community thing. Matt, good to see you, mate. Thanks for uh, jumping in on the uh, the webinar and I'd love it if you would just ask your question to these guys, because I think it's going to be a great transition into the next part of the flywheel. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, yes. So I was wondering, <coughs> I had a question about uh, promotion. So getting people from uh, like each section of the flywheel to the next section. Um, how do you, have you got some practical examples or how do you think about transitioning people from say Sunday uh, the Sunday conversations to the next bit to the next bit and is that all you promote at that event do you do you promote sort of the next step or do you promote other stuff as well yeah it's a great question man thanks for asking it um you know I think in reality people spend a whole lot of time on social media and on their devices and we want to create ways that we can promote our content by them seeing it pop up on their feed. And so Jordan and his team have done a tremendous job of finding ways that 
that we can encourage people to take a step into four talks or overtime uh, just as these small videos, pictures. We love fun. We think church has been too serious for far too long. And so we also promote uh, our content through ways that we can make people laugh with small videos that actually sometimes have nothing to do with church, but might pique someone's interest to have them click on a four talk or a, overtime, a piece of overtime content. Um, and we, I think, Jordan, we, we, we now look at a week, not necessarily Sunday to Saturday. We look at a week from Thursday through Wednesday, correct? And we're, yeah. we are promoting then on Wednesday the content that's going to come out on Sunday. And after Sunday, we're thinking about, okay, what four talks, what um, overtime content do we want to promote on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday through people's social media feeds as we go through the rest of the week until we start the next week on Thursday. Jordan, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. So Sunday, Sunday essentially is no longer the pinnacle event of the church weekly calendar. It is now a readjustment to your weekly schedule, basically, is what you're saying. Well, hang on a exactly. minute. So you, you said, you, all of our churches have said, it's church is so much more than Sunday, and yet we keep making Sunday the king. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying Sunday is just another part of content and community. It's another part of what we do as church. And so you physically changed your week to, to recognize that. So your week starts midweek. It doesn't start on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, we, you know, we, we never would have done that if it wasn't for COVID. Like, I don't think we ever would have thought about the question is, does our week look different today if it wasn't for the situation that we're in today? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, 100%. So, and then I think plugging those on, on each piece of content, Shane, is kind of what you're speaking to. So, for example, our, our hosting on the Sunday conversation every week highlights the meetups that were happening that week. Um, we send out, you know, an, an email that's called meetups, Mon- meetup Mondays. And so it's, you know, all of the opportunities that are these, you know, connect points for connection happening um, this week. If it's in the message and we know that there's, Hey, there's a zoom call happening on parenting. There's a meetup for parenting. We highlight that actually in the message to say, Hey, here's a next step this week. Um, if you're interested in more, so it's definitely a discipline and we've missed opportunities too. like that. That happens a lot. We're like, Oh, this would have been a perfect opportunity to plug. We should have referenced this. And so we're learning it as we go. Um, but a lot of times it's a, it's an intro or a conclusion to any piece of like content video, uh, hosting on a Sunday, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's important that we have to realize that our church or the people we're trying to reach don't always watch the Sunday experience. So we have to have other ways <laughs> to promote and communicate these events. But sometimes I feel like we promote things as if everyone is watching our Sunday morning experience. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah, no, that's good. Hopefully that's helpful, Maddie. That's perfect. Thanks, we'll, um We'll kick you back out to the attendee list, mate, so you don't have to stare at your dad for the rest of the webinar. How does that sound? We've got, we've got some more um, questions that I'd like to, to get to, um, Shane, but while we're getting to those questions, walk us through the bottom half of that flywheel. We'll bring it back up on the screen. Walk us through, because I know some people are asking specifically, hey, what's a meetup? Explain what you mean by that. What's a next level group? Like most people I think are probably going to be familiar with the concept of a community group, but maybe walk us through those other parts of community. 
For sure. You, you know, that, that question that we talked about from the very beginning, what happens if, or what do we do if we never can get into our building again, uh, helped us kind of think through this community piece. But another question that, that I wrestle with uh, being just uh, involved in groups is, can people deepen their faith without ever being in our building? And I think we act as if the answer is no, they can't, but in reality, they can. And yes. so if people can grow without ever being in our building, what is our role in encouraging them to grow? And, you know, we may never know, or we may not know today what the fall is going to look like, let alone six weeks from now. But one thing we do know is that God designed every single person for community and for relationships. And we believe that it's within healthy community that people are most likely to be encouraged to grow, discover belonging, and find purpose. But we also know that just like content, community isn't one size fits all. And we want to provide community opportunities that resonates with and meets people right where they're at. And so our first step into community or our, let's say our widest funnel starts with meetups. And you could, you could look at a meetup much like an affinity group. I mean, they are simply a way to connect people around a shared interest. We have meetups uh, that are CrossFit events for people that love to do CrossFit, uh, knitting, mountain biking, book clubs, conversation with a licensed counselor around parenting in today's world. If it's a topic, an activity, or a hobby people are interested in doing with others today, we're going to do our best to have a meetup around it. And, and like, why? why? Why is it important that we try to create opportunities for people just to get together and do something together? Well, I think it's important to look at where people are today when it comes to Christianity. And a lot of the world today, people are very skeptical of, of Christianity and they don't trust a Christian yeah. and how can we have influence on people if we have absolutely no trust with them or if they have no trust with us and so our you know how do we build trust well it starts with spending time with people and we don't necessarily have to spend time getting into theology or sharing the gospel from from day one I think day one it's it's how do we start to build trust and it's spending time with people and so how do we do that well why don't we create meetups that give people an opportunity to do something that they're really excited about doing anyways. Yeah. And so that's why we are focusing on creating a variety of meetups that help people connect around a shared interest. Well, and I love, Shane, I love the affinity concept of the meetup because it, it takes all the weirdness out of it. Like if, I, if yes. I said to you, hey, I'd like to meet up so I could build trust with you, that's really yeah. weird. But yes. hey, I, I really... But I really like CrossFit, which I don't happen to personally love CrossFit. I'm a Pilates guy and reformer Pilates to be specific. But that's an affinity that I have with other people and it takes all the weirdness out of it. But I can, I can essentially use the excuse of our shared interest to leverage that to build trust with someone, which as we, we know is, is oftentimes the first step in somebody's journey towards Jesus is just trusting somebody that's a follower of Jesus. Yeah, is that and, and just in your context, Shane? So, sorry, yeah, I was just ahead, saying, your, in, your, in your context, Shane, is might be a little different to us. It's kind of it might be quite hard at the moment to point to meetups um, just because of the restrictions that, that we have because of COVID. So, certainly, some places in Ireland, in the UK, you're, you know, it, meeting up is not easy right now. And you guys, um, Shane, so, you do have some digital meetups as well, though, that you do, yeah? Correct. Like, I, I would challenge churches to think about what are the felt needs of the people that we are trying to reach today and how can we innovate to get people to connect? 
And connect doesn't mean I have to be within six feet of someone else. We do have meetups that take place online for people that aren't comfortable meeting in person for a variety of reasons, but we also have meetups that meet in person and we have hybrid meetups as well. So our, our context may look different, but what I do know is there are opportunities or ways that people can connect across the world. I think we as churches just have to kind of figure out what does that look like for our people to connect, for our people to experience what we're looking for. So the meetups then, Shane, they, the, the hope is that they might, and, and obviously, like you said, community is not a one size fits all. And people also don't move in a linear fashion towards the, the, you know, kind of the penultimate community that we want them to get into. They can jump all over the place. They can, they might connect in a meetup, but then get into a short term group or jump into a next level group, whatever that looks like. So walk us through though, what are some of the other types of groups that you guys are providing during the season? For sure. Uh, you know, we talked about meetups. Our, our second part of our flywheel are community groups, and they're just like small groups. Most people are familiar with, with that concept. And uh, it's a place where we want to encourage people to pursue authentic community and spiritual growth. And in the past, most of our community groups would be anywhere from 18 months to two years to three years, depending on the DNA of a specific group. But we know that it's unrealistic to try to ask someone to commit to long-term community when they have no idea what six weeks from now is going to look like when they're still trying to figure out what school looks like for their children. And so instead of trying to force people into what we've always encouraged them to do, we've had to adapt and change the way we look at our community groups. And so today, most of our community groups are not 18 months to two years. They're six to eight weeks. We feel like people are more, open to the idea of a short-term commitment as opposed to a long-term commitment. And we also are trying to create short-term groups that align with um, topics and felt needs that people resonate with. And how do we, how do we point people from a four talk and an overtime content into a short-term group? So, you know, we have meetups and content for parents because parents today are wrestling with, what does it look like for me to homeschool my kids when I've never done this before? And so we want to create meetups and short-term groups that resonate with parents right where they're at today. So we have, we have short-term community groups that are designed specifically for parents of teenagers, for parents with young kids, because we feel like this is what's going to encourage people to take a step into community. Yeah. So and the then next, our, our next level ahead, groups. Yeah, next level groups are a lot like community groups. They, they are encouraged to pr- help people pursue authentic community and spiritual growth, but they prioritize the growth aspect of the experience. And, okay. and they're not just designed to help people grow in their faith. They're designed to help people grow in their leadership, in their personal health, in, in areas that people are looking to grow. I mean, I'll tell you, from, a, from a, a men's perspective, like I'm passionate about helping men find community. And there's a lot of men out there that, that, don't feel like they're a great leader, but I think they have the potential to be an incredible leader. And so we've developed these leadership development groups all around the idea of helping men discover what God has designed them to do. And and to be quite frank, they're discipleship groups, but there's a lot of men that aren't going to sign up for a group that we call discipleship group. But there are a lot of men that are interested in having a conversation around what is a leadership development group? And Hey, I recognize that you have a lot of leadership qualities 
And would you ever consider being a part of a group that's focused on helping you grow as a leader? Men are excited about that far more than they are about the whole idea of discipleship. No, it's fantastic. And, what's, and, and this process, this community process isn't linear. Like it's not like we want to move everybody from a meetup to a community group to a next level group. I think there are a lot of people that whether they're an unchurched person that's stepping foot into the church for the very first time or a church experience for the very first time or someone that's been in church their entire life, their next best step might be a meetup or it might be a next level group. So the challenge that we face today is really when somebody comes to our website or comes into our front door virtually or online or through a relationship, how do we best help them take the right next step for them? And that's not necessarily a meetup and that's not necessarily a next level group but how do we come alongside them and encourage them to take that next step? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so Shane, tell me, and, and Jordan as well, I've got a question from somebody that I want to get to here in just a second. What are you guys doing to measure the effectiveness of this strategy? I know it's new, but have you guys looked at, hey, what are we looking for? What are the metrics that we want to measure in order to determine is this being effective or not? What, are that, what does that look like currently? Yeah, on, on the content side, that's basically like our whole, you know, social media website dashboard. Um, and so we're tracking, you know, engagements, shares, click-throughs, all kinds of different stuff like that um, to just see, you know, what are people engaging with it in the first place? Um, and, you know, that are they taking the action step? Did they, you know, go and ask their husband or wife the actual question we challenged them to is a little bit harder to, to actually see. Um, you know, Shane can speak to the, the group side in terms of, um, you know, all of meetup, um, RCPs, all of, you know, community group entry, stuff like that. Um, but basically views and signups, I mean, are all like almost the, sim the simplest way. Um, and, the uh, you know, the actual dashboard is, is complex and has a whole bunch of numbers on it that are fun to look at. We don't <laughs> always know how to interpret yeah. and justify whatever we want to see, but. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're still trying to answer that question, Jason, and we're looking at different things, but from like a community perspective, like we, we want to know how many people are signing up for a meetup, how many people are attending a meetup how many people are coming back to a second meetup. And, you know, our vision is to create a church on church people love to attend. So a big metric that we are watching is, has somebody taken a, a step into a meetup that wasn't in our system? Yeah. And, and yeah. what we're seeing is, is people that have never stepped foot in North Point are stepping foot into a meetup. And to us, oh, that's, yeah. that, that is a tremendous deal. That is a huge win. This, this comes back to Duncan, what we talked about on some other webinars and some other podcast that we've done, I think of recently, the one that we did with Reggie Joyner, where we said, what would it look like for a family to say that they partner with our church, but never attend our church on a Sunday, but they feel like our church is a partner with them, but they don't attend on Sundays. I think that's such a powerful concept for us to really be thinking through. Hey, I want to bring somebody in to ask a final question because we are running over time. Speaking of overtime on the flywheel, we are now into our overtime. Um, but I think we've got time for one more question um, and then we'll wrap things up right after this. This is uh, Sarah and Sarah um, has a question around promotion of groups, Shane. I think this is um, hopefully going to be helpful uh, for her as they are, they're trying to at the moment really push for groups, but they're not getting as much um, 
traction as they would like to potentially have. So Sarah, you are live on the webinar and we would love it if you would ask your question for these guys. And maybe Sarah, Hi, just Sarah, start out by telling us where you're tuning in from and what church you're connected with. Yep. Uh, my name is Sarah. Uh, I'm uh, connected to Abundant Life Christian Church in Limerick in the Republic of Ireland. Um, I'm the creative ministry director there. And um, we have been in, I would say, six to seven months of uh, active online engagement with services and then have reintroduced uh, physical in-house services recently. And I've just launched a new season of life groups, mostly based on interests, like has been discussed already. Um, and we've had surprisingly low engagement and signups, which is very unusual for us in our culture. Um, I guess my question would be how to handle that in a situation where perhaps people are psychologically so used to now doing the opposite and staying away from people. Um, how can we, I suppose, encourage people um, who, who do feel safe to, to re-engage in person where, where people can? And also how as we, as a church, how can we promote this very successfully? I think sometimes we don't think creatively enough in terms of how to communicate uh, the groups and why people should lean into them in this season. So I'd love some, some tips in that. Sarah, it's, it's nice to meet you, and it's a, it's a very great question. Um, we launched groups ourselves um, just a few weeks ago, and we did not know what it would look like as far as signups go, and, and our numbers were also a little bit lower than we were hoping for. Um, but I, I love how you want to look at it as like, what does this mean for us, and how do we, how do we adjust? Because you know as well as I do that people – still need community. And uh, before I answer your question, um, just last night, my community group met for the second time uh, in a long time. And it was funny, one of my group members at the very end of group, he shared with the group how him and his wife, when group started back up after we hadn't met in person together for six months, he's like, both of us were like, we were kind of, we weren't looking forward to it. We had got into this new pattern and we were like, this community still fit? in our lives today. And they almost didn't come to group. And he at the very end of group said, I am so glad what we did that we did because we realized again, what we had been missing. People I think are very forgetful and, and they, they experience what's going on around them today, but they don't necessarily remember what they experienced six months ago. And so my encouragement to you is, is to try to think of ways that you can make the first rung into community as low as possible. And so because we didn't get a great response to our community group launch, two things that we're doing is, number one, we're going to survey our group members that, that you know, prior to COVID, they were heavily involved in community groups. Well, what, what are they feeling about group today, those that didn't sign up for a group? So I want to know what people are thinking in regards to community so I don't keep banging my head against the wall doing the same thing, knowing that, you know what, people might not be ready today for, for any sort of long-term community group, and that's okay. And so the second thing we're doing is we are rethinking what does it look like for us to have maybe different levels of meetups. You know, mountain biking is level one. It's an activity that people can do together, but a conversation around parenting is more of a level two. And so 
we're going to focus on creating additional meetups that lowers that rung in the community. That way, when we're ready and when people are ready to get back into long-term or short-term community groups, we've got them experiencing meetups and we think they'll be more open to the idea of community maybe later in the fall or in January. That might be a long answer to your question, but that's, that's what I got. Jordan, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think that's, I think that's comprehensive. And I think that's like the number one greatest challenge. So I think it's a fantastic question. Yeah. And, and Shane, Sarah, love, what you're experiencing is normal. Like, the, like yeah. and, and recognize that our, our heavenly father is so much greater and he has a plan for the people that you're trying to get into community. And that plan just might look a little different today, but I, you know, I cannot wait to see what, what he's got in store for you guys. So don't give up, keep innovating, keep coming up with ideas that can help people take a step in the community. Shane, I love what you said. You, you just said that, Hey, we've got to get creative and figure out how do we lower the rung and make it more accessible. And again, mm-hmm. I love that concept. I love the principle because it's universal. It might look different in Ireland than it does in Austin, Texas, but the question is still helpful no matter what your context is. So that's really good. It's just a, it's just a little less sunny in Ireland. And yeah. a lot more rainy. That's <laughs> That's true. Probably a true story. Sarah, thanks yeah. so much for jumping in uh, to the panel and asking your question. I'll send you back out to uh, be an attendee again and wrap things <laughs> Thank up. Thank you for having No worries. We're glad that you were able to jump in and, and ask your question live. Um, so guys, as we begin to wrap up, we've got some people asking some really great questions. And so we're, we're not going to be able to get to all of them because of time. Um, one of the great questions is how do you mobilize current small group leaders to become meetup facilitators? So how do you take your current volunteers and say, hey, would you help uh, facilitate a meetup? Another great question is how do you get volunteer communicators um, to jump in and be a part of those four talks um, that you could, you know, how do you invite those people into those conversations or even, you know, the, the CFO to jump into your podcast? So lots of really great questions. Here's what we'd love to do. We'd love it, Shane and Jordan. I know tons of people are, are going to want to reach out to you directly with questions regarding content, possibly Jordan, Shane, questions around um, community. And, and I'd love it if you would just share quickly, hey, what's the best way to connect with you? I know, Shane, you are just a, a phenom on social media. So we should probably make sure that everyone gets your Instagram handle um, so that they can follow along. But uh, what's the best way to communicate with you guys? Uh, I still like to use that archaic form of communication called email. Oh yeah. And yep. so Familiar. people can reach, yeah, people can reach me at shane.norcross at npawson.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram so much that I don't even know what my handle is on the top of my head. <laughs> That's so um, good. But yeah, I, I definitely reach out to me on email. I would love uh, to engage in conversations to hear what others are doing because we don't have all the answers, but I think we are better as a church when we work on it together. Absolutely. So I've just popped into the chat for everyone. It's shane.norcross at npaustin.com. Hopefully I spelled that correctly. Double check that for me, Shane. Make sure I didn't mess that up. There may be some weird Canadian spelling that I'm not familiar with (laughs) of the name Shane. Um, Jordan, what's the best way to connect with you, mate? Yeah, Shane has taught my generation, taught me how to use email. So I, st- I can use that still as well. Uh, Jordan.geist at npaustin.com uh, works. Um, 
Jordan underscore Geist is my Instagram uh, handle. And if you can find, you know, me and Decipher through other Jordan Geist on Facebook as well, um, uh, Facebook Messenger would, would work also. So Yeah, awesome. That'd be great. I know that there will be people that have questions. I also know people have, you know, are interested in, in even some of the things like the branding that you guys have used for meetups. I've already had a couple of churches reach out to me and say, Hey, I really love the branding for their meetup thing. It, you know, it ties into community groups and all that really well, the way the E's are looking at each other, all that stuff. And I know you guys are super generous. And so you'd be more than willing to share what you guys are able to. So um, it looks like Shane's also found his Instagram handle as well, which is awesome. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much, Duncan. Thank you, mate, yeah. for your time it's today. Been a, it's been an absolute joy. I mean, for me, the big, big takeaway I've got here is what used to happen in church was, hey, if you're new here and you've enjoyed it, join one of our small groups. And we think that's a small step. And actually, that's a massive chasm for a new person to step over. You want me to come around a stranger's house and talk about the Bible with seven or eight other people? Are you kidding me? And what this does is it gives us some fantastic next steps. You finish something on a Sunday and you say, hey, we live online. You'll find content. You'll find groups that you can go to digitally. Everything's there for you to go to go and, and enjoy. Um, and it, it just makes that next step doable for absolutely everybody. So thank you, boys. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Thank you, Jason and Duncan. We are delighted and honored to be here. This is a great opportunity for us. Yeah, super fun to have you guys. I think the big takeaway for me is the fact that these questions that you guys wrestled with are the same questions that we can all wrestle with in our context. And then we can share what we're learning. Um, and I appreciate the fact that the things that you guys are doing are very doable. It's not out of reach for people to be able to say, hey, even in my context, these are the types of content that we can put out into our community. These are the types of community that we can offer for our community as well. So really appreciate it. Super helpful. Hey, thank you as well to everyone that tuned in. I always say this, webinars are really no fun if people don't <laughs> tune in to watch them because it would just be the four of us guys chatting about church, which I love to do anyway, but it makes it so much more enjoyable when we have people that are tuning in, asking questions. So thanks so much for carving out a little over an hour of your time to be a part of the webinar. And we will make this available online um, through the uh, clicks and, and bricks and clicks podcast.com. You can go to that website. We'll make this available after the fact for everybody at bricks and clicks podcast. You can follow along with that on social media as well. Well, guys, as always, that was an incredibly helpful conversation. I just love the fact that these guys are practitioners that are doing this in real time. These are not just philosophical conversations about ideas and theories that may or may not work. These are practitioners that are doing this every single day. And I think that's why this content is so helpful because we can then take what they're learning and put it into practice. Duncan, I know we've got some great things coming up on the podcast and uh, got some great conversations. Can't wait to share with people. Why don't you share with us what's coming up next? Next is my my one of my best friends um, who works at North Point Community Church. His name's Tim Cooper. 
and uh, Tim has been the starting point director at North Point for a long time and now he works at Brownsbridge Church on the staff team there uh, looking after adult ministries and Tim's got this fantastic slant on what he calls everyday evangelism mm. and I was just thinking Jace as we're coming up towards Christmas Christmas is always in one of the easiest seasons of the year to invite your workmate or your family member or your colleague or your neighbor to say, come and have some Christmas drinks and we're going to go to church or, or come and watch online with me or here's a link. Why don't you watch it? And we can watch it together in some kind of a watch party. Um, So, so Tim's going to talk about how we as, as church leaders can, um, if you like, inculcate our people with this idea of investing some good friendships and start inviting them to watch online or join us in the room. And I think people are going to find this mind-blowing. I think people are going to find this new information. And I think people are going to find this really, really helpful. So mm. tune in for the next episode with Tim Cooper of the Bricks and Clicks podcast as we talk about how you can get your people inviting their friends to your church. Well, we hope this episode of Bricks and Clicks was helpful. If it was, then we'd love if you could leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are leading a church in Australia, the UK or Ireland, we'd love to help you grow your church by reaching unchurched people. Go to www.bricksandclickpodcast.com and click on your country's flag to find a whole bunch of free resources to help your church go further, faster and become irresistible once again.